Welcome to a bonus episode of the Impact Nations podcast. My name is Tim. I am your host. And I wanted to share with you this interview that I conducted uh, on Zoom earlier this week with our partners in Uganda. Uh, Because it is a Zoom interview and connectivity can be an issue in Uganda at times, uh, there are moments where the audio is uh, garbled or there are some pauses as we wait for connectivity to to be reestablished. But if you'll be patient and, and just stick with it, I think I think it's really important that we as the Impact Nations family have a really good grasp of what's happening in Uganda right now and how we can be praying and, and really standing with our brothers and sisters there. So uh, without further ado, here is that interview. I am joined today by two of my friends from Uganda. Uh, we've got Annabelle at the bottom of your screen uh, and we've got Richard who's showing us some views of the streets of Kampala. And I'll tell you why in a minute, uh, and then shortly we'll see his face too. Uh, hi, Annabelle. Hi, Richard. Hello, Tim. We've got a bit of a delay. Uh, that is not unusual for uh, talking with Uganda. Um, today we are interviewing Uganda because things are getting very bad in Uganda. The COVID situation is perilous. It is getting worse by the day. And we wanted to talk to these guys about how we can be praying for them. Having said that, we were supposed to have a third guest, which is our friend Trinity. Uh, And he texted me only moments before we were to go live to say that he was tied up with the police because their property where our school is uh, that's training young people on computer graphics and web design and things like that, they were broken into last night. Uh, Their guard who stands watch over the property uh, was beat up and thieves took off with a great deal of our equipment. I don't know more than that. That's all we've we've heard so far. Uh, But if you'll permit me, I just, since we've said we have come here to learn how we can pray. Why don't we begin by praying? Uh, you okay with that, Annabelle and Richard, if we just spend a moment and pray for Trinity and his team? Sure. Yeah. So, Heavenly Father, I ask that you would come in your peace right now. Lord, just pour out your spirit of peace on Trinity, on his team. Lord, we ask that there would be justice in this situation that those who have taken our equipment will be brought to justice, Lord, that the equipment will be recovered. But Lord, more than anything, that just that sense of violation that I know comes after a theft, we ask that you just uh, come like a salve and wipe that away. Lord, that there would be great comfort for the entire team at Era 92, that they would cry out to you and they would hear your voice they would feel your embrace, Lord, that they would just be able to place their trust in you and know that you are in control. You are on the throne right now, Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We just ask that you'd come in power. Amen. So, Annabelle, maybe since you're not the one uh driving at the moment uh we'll get you to start can you just tell us a little bit about what is happening in uganda right now what what is the covid situation 
Thank you so much, Tim. Uh, good to be back on Impact Nations TV. <laughs> um, the situation in Uganda right now, like you have rightfully mentioned, uh, is we are seeing a second wave of the COVID virus that is way, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's just gone out of control. It is hit Uganda way bigger than it did in the first time, in the first phase in 2020. In 2020, we had COVID, we had the lockdowns, but it was pretty much managed very well. Now, the trait that was in India is the trait that we are being affected with right now. So it came in a few months ago and um, it was very drug resistant. So most of the treatment that was being used in the first phase could not work on this one. And the health system was not ready uh, with the, you know, how to manage it. And uh, we never had, we don't have enough ICUs. We definitely don't have enough health workers. That has always been a challenge for our Uganda health system. And, um, you know, we have had a, a scenario just recently where 30 people died at a goal when an oxygen plant failed everybody that was on oxygen just died instantly, you know, at the hospital. And uh, we've had ambulances show up into hospital parking places and they just, the hospitals cannot admit patients because they are so crowded. Um, you, you, uh, you know, maybe some of our uh, friends that are watching know that we work with pregnant girls and we have gone to hospital to take girls for antenatals and we are not allowed to go in now um, because the hospital wards and most of the spaces are filled with COVID patients and the, the, the other, um, exposure to risk is really, really high. Um, last year when we had the COVID outbreak, it was mainly affecting the elderly. It was mainly affecting the those that had, um, you know, hypertension, diabetes, you know, uh, but now it is even taking the younger children, the youth. It's not about uh, what age bracket you are in. It is, I mean, affecting everyone. Uh, we have, we have, we have uh, a baby in our care uh, who is only one month old that has, you know, has been battling for her life uh, with COVID in our in our isolation um, place. So it's it's not even about age this time around. It's it's been serious. So it's overwhelming. We are in um, another lockdown where movement is very very restricted, and unfortunately we are we are seeing seeing a wider spread. And um, what we can do and what we need at um, very much in this moment is a lot of prayer, and um, you know to just this is going to take God. I can tell you this is going to take God. Our health system is very very stretched. Our finances in Uganda are very stretched. Uh, that prices for many things have doubled up. Um, you know besides COVID, people are hungry. Churches are closed. Schools are closed. Small businesses have completely crushed. So it's it's yeah, it's a a, a place where we need God. And um, I mean, this, this hopelessness. There is the hope that can only come from Jesus Christ right now. Yeah. So we one of, this is one of the things we need to be praying for is hope specifically because this hopelessness yeah. that is creeping into the nation right now. Uh, 
Richard, I don't know if you're in a position. I see that they're unloading that thing right now. Are you able to talk to us? Because I, I wondered if you could talk to us specifically about the transportation situation and the lockdown and how that's affecting transportation and thus your ability to uh, to bring aid to others and stuff like that. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Uh, hope you can hear me well. We can, yeah. Yeah. Uh, generally, the situation, uh, the situation is unpredictable so far. Uh, everyone is just trying to cope up. Uh, the transportation is very hard because only trucks, uh, trucks are allowed to move and a selected essential workers like doctors, nurses, uh, like essential workers are the only people that can use uh, trucks. I mean, uh, some specified cars. And then the trucks are allowed to transport cargo. But it's very hard for most of the people because uh, the lockdown has always, it come, it come, they announce it abruptly when people are not prepared. So they find it hard from, to move from where they were to another place, or maybe from the city to the village. It's so hard. Even I've been in, in around town, you, uh, on the streets, there are many people, on the roads, there are many people walking. Others are trying to stop maybe trucks to transport them, but a truck can only have two people, including the driver himself. So, and people don't have, of course, money to hire maybe a truck to get them where they want to go. So it's very challenging in terms of transport. Yeah. And this obviously is having an effect on the economy uh, because people can't go to work. Uh, people can't go to do the shopping and things like that. What's happening for grocery shopping, guys? Like, uh, Richard, if a family uh, yeah. needs groceries, uh, assuming they have money, which very soon we suspect they will not, but if they do have money, how do, how can they go to the grocery store if they can't get transportation? In some parts of the country, people can walk to the grocery stores that are near nearby them. But around town, it's a, a very, in towns, it's a different story because people are even blocked. They ask you, where are you going? And they are stopped. They are sent back home. And uh, people are at, they are at the market waiting for them, but the police stops them from the way. Uh, so it's challenging that way. But people can go to nearby uh, grocery stores near them. You cannot go very far. Yeah. And you were saying that uh, you can have one person on a motorcycle. That's also allowed right now, yes? No, uh, no, it's not allowed. Only one person can ride a motor. You, the, the rider himself is the, the only driver. person. Yes. Allowed to, yeah. The driver himself, I mean the rider. Yeah, so a motorcycle a with a single driver on it or a truck with two um, people on it, those are the only types of vehicles, unless there's a private vehicle with special permission, those are the only types of vehicle you're, you're seeing on the road right now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so I, one of the reasons I asked that was a moment ago you saw on Richard's camera uh, that they're unloading uh, the a motorcycle from the back of that truck. So we are going to have a motorcycle so that we can get around 
to be able to minister to families, to be able to get groceries to families and things like that. Uh, because otherwise we've got to hire a, a motorcycle driver to do that. I expect that that's going to become more and more expensive in the days to come. Uh, so this will allow us to get around uh, and visit with families, minister to families, deliver groceries as needed, medicine as needed, things like that. Um, Annabelle, you guys were able to secure some special permission to move about in your van with remnant generation. Is that right? Yes. Yes, Tim. Uh, and that that allows you guys to get some of the girls to the hospital if needed but as you said you can't even go into the hospital with them um, yeah so it is the same restriction so um even with the van even if we have mission uh, for it to move it so if you have small that's how we arrange it out um so you can have like 12 girls that need to go to hospital at the same time but now it means do if, if you to have all that will go to hospital we have uh, driving back and forth to the hospital because they can only be three um people in a car uh that we have been given so and for us the premise was the, if, if it's a pregnant girl or a pregnant woman a caretaker um you know another person who, who is most likely their caretaker and the driver so that that is the three people and um so what we are doing is that so the driver goes on the first shift with a nurse and then comes back and picks up another two girls. Like so, we have to do do the same thing for them to come back home. And uh, we also had um, basically, you know, like Richard is saying, we, we, if if you want to 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 move around without limitation, you, you just need to get into. So if you have a friend uh, that has a truck or somebody that has a truck that you know, you just ask them for a lift if you need to get somewhere and you're not using the uh, the organization uh, van. Yeah. So you're doing a lot of ferrying back and forth, you know, drop two people off, come back, get more just to get to their checkups mm -hmm. and stuff at the hospital. Yeah. Um, a lot of fuel. Uh, Trinity, I see, has joined us. Exactly. Hi, Trinity. Hey. Hey. I, so I was just filling in our listeners a few minutes ago about the situation that you found yourself in this afternoon. Uh, you want to just tell us a little bit more? I told them apparently somebody beat up your guard, came in, broke into your building, and stole some of your equipment. Anything you, else you can tell us? Uh, yeah, it was uh, last night. Hey, everyone. I hope everyone is watching. Hey, Annabelle. Hey, everyone. Good to see you. Uh, yeah, it was last night during the rain. Um, I think our guy was, you know, uh, in the shed uh, because of rain uh, when, you know, guys jumped over and uh, caught him, beat him up uh, because no one is on the premise still. Uh, they were able to go inside the uh, uh, behind the building, uh, through some windows, broke some windows, and uh, took two computers that were closed. And so uh, right now, 
the reason why I've been led to jump on the call is because the police had come here uh, back from the field after taking some dogs to to sense uh, to follow up where these guys uh, myself come from. We've been able to you know find the, the area where these guys are coming from, and uh, the investigations are continuing to go on. Okay. Well, we'll keep praying for justice and provision for those missing computers, I guess. Uh, we were just talking about the transportation limitations in the current lockdowns, and we're going to talk about the economic uh, fallout from that in a few minutes. But just for you, from transportation, you were telling me that you've got a unique uh, in, a, a unique way of getting around right now. You want to tell these guys? Uh, someone saying there is an airport here. Let me first get this in. This won't work. Let me just find another one. Yeah, the transportation is not good. Uh, you have to pay people to get anywhere. Uh, and that's a big challenge for us. So, uh, me personally, I told you guys, I have a friend who is, uh, with a policeman, that's the only way I can get around. Uh, but people are not allowed to move right now. So you're hitching a ride with a, a friend who's a police officer? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. he picks me up uh, at night and then he also takes me home. Uh, in the morning, he brings me. But other people have to walk to go anywhere. And some people are using bicycles. Bicycles. But if you decide to get if you decide to get a truck, you're gonna spend a lot of money because you have to pay, um, you know, a lot of money for you to to go around with this truck. Yeah. And if the police gets you, still you're going to uh, a prison. Without, with no doubt. Yeah. I, Annabelle, you were telling me that people are actually being beat up in the streets for breaking the rules. Is that true? Oh, did we lose Annabelle? You're muted. You're having network issues. Yeah, yeah like, but uh, like Richard was explaining. Sorry? Go ahead, sorry. Um, are we back? Yeah, I can hear yeah. you. Yeah. So, you need to have a reason why you are moving. I think what's the government and to move only when they need to, but the challenge is that uh, this lockdown, no one anticipated a full lockdown. Um, it came, you know, the first one last year, at least there was a bit of uh, expectation that we are going to get into another lockdown. But this time around, no one expected this second wave of COVID and no one expected that it's going to be this bad. So people never stocked up food, um, everything, like everyone was caught off guard, literally. So... Um, you know, like people need to go out and 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 find food and and somehow try to work, but it's hard. So they were beaten up. You know, when you go down and you have no reason why you're going to town, they beat you up. Yeah, and force you to go back home. And you said that yeah. some people are trying to pretend mm -hmm. to be pregnant in order to avoid beatings. <laughs> yeah, of course. So because at least a, a pregnant woman has an exception. 
So even people, if people get cannulas. And then um, the other, the other thing. <laughs> so you get a, a, you know, you go to a drugs you know place and then they put a camera on your hand, or you just get a very good you know cloth and put it under your your big dress and pretend to be a pregnant woman and get into somebody's car because and then that person can go around driving and when they are stopped they're like you know i have a pregnant lady that i'm taking to hospital so unfortunately some people have had to be stopped and <laughs> that's insane and now the police knows the tricks so they get to and and see if they're actually pregnant so yeah it's it's funny it's not fun but i mean no yeah i no. think people are really desperate uh for for food and you know uh the guys uh, i'm sure the guys who stole this place you know like there's no work everyone is in their homes and the robbery is going up what the police and everyone there are thieves that were just filling up these cells because you know that's the only thing they can do right now so it's a very, very um, bad situation. Desperate situation. Do you think that's got anything to do with why you guys were burgled last night? Of course, of course. Like um, uh, the, 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 level, the, the number of young people right now on the streets at home doing nothing has gone up. And uh, our cities are the ones that really take up a lot of number of uh, people to work. But all the vendors are being beaten. The women who are selling mangoes on the roadside are being beaten, and there are things are thrown away. We've seen people who are selling milk; their milk is being poured into the ground. And so, uh, you know, the government doesn't really care uh, about the, the people, you know, uh, uh, under the pyramid. So um, th- that's the problem, and people are going to starve. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this for a second, Trinity. You you said the young people are out uh, with nothing else to do and are causing trouble. You work with a hundred young people from the slums uh, in your Elevate course, and you were telling me this week that you know last year when there was a lockdown, you guys had moved into online training, uh, but the downfall of that was there was a lot of youth that kind of fell through the cracks you're working really hard this time around to prevent that, to make sure that you're retaining all of these students so that they're not wandering the streets with nothing to do, but are instead continuing forward in their education. Can you talk to us about your strategies for that? Um, yes. Uh, you know, the lessons we got from last year's uh, lockdown was that some young people dropped out. You know, that's the time even Annabelle uh, from Roman generation, they received a lot of cases of pregnant young girls, and um, uh, many young people are disconnected from the program because we couldn't provide, you know, seventy-five computers of the, to all the students we had. So we 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 gave, you know, 20, 20 computers to twenty students, and those were the students that really made it through throughout the program when the lockdown was lifted. But right now we have over hundred young people, and um, uh, this is one of the best programs we ever had. In our history, and uh, we don't want to let this energy really drop into the cracks. So our our vision is to at least because our offices are somehow undercover, and uh, we are planning to distribute the classes in a way that young people can access our uh, their classes in ten tens uh, per, per class. And so once we do that, I think we'll be able to work with them slowly but slowly 
so that at least they are, they are kept, you know, engaged with the program, rather than if we leave them go for the next 42 days, which we know that at least they're going to add another 42 days or 30 days, which is going to be like three months. By the next, by the time they come back, we want, we'll have 25 students. So we are going to do whatever we can to make sure that we walk them, you know, through the journey uh, until the end. Yeah, maintaining hope throughout so that they've got something to do, something that they're looking forward to, something they feel like they're still moving forward in life. Annabelle, I'm wondering, you and I haven't talked too much about this, but you guys obviously have a huge program training young people as well in many parts of the country. How Do you guys have any strategies? Do you have any idea how you're going to keep in touch with them or keep them engaged? Uh, has your Has your team figured anything out yet? Yeah, we had a program. We, we had a plan, and uh, we we had to pose uh, positive for COVID nineteen, and realized that we needed to prioritize their health as well as the health of the girls, and limit the exposure to further infection. So, most of three of our community staff that, and you know, two of them the trainers and one the social worker when we did the testing, they were positive with COVID-19. And these were the people that were moving out in the communities. And we decided to put on hold everything uh, that brings the girls together so that we limit further time infection until they are fully uh, recovered. And then we can Continue. So right now, what we have embarked on, so we do have done um, engaging the girls over the phone, and then we also do, uh, we had clustered the girls into groups according to the zones that they come from. So we have uh, 10 different zones in um, uh, Busega, where we are working, and then we have other zones as well in the Antonde. So what we did that, all the girls that come from a particular zone has a church that we are, they were connected to which is like a reception center. So at, at that particular place, now we know uh, that the, 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 our field staff, like the, the volunteers from the churches that uh, we had identified um, are, are, visiting, <clears throat> are visiting them. Uh, to just see how they are doing. There are many that were needed in need of food support, and we have just finalized the food package. Um, I think it was delivered yesterday, started delivery yesterday, and they are still continuing uh, with more delivery of food packages even this season. And we are, <clears throat> they are also uh, doing vegetable gardens and uh, so the vegetable gardens they're just getting the sacks the tradition like the sacks the empty sacks of sugar uh of beans of of of, of, of maize flour and they are turning those uh, especially for those that are in the slum areas and in the town setting that don't have gardens they are they are turning those into vegetable gardens and doing something to keep them busy at home uh also have uh, girls that are making liquid soap uh, we, we have a business club that had formed around the, the making of liquid soap because this is a season where everybody, everyone is washing hands, everyone is in need of soap, and they are making liquid soap and they are, you know, selling around. Uh, they are making making reusable sanitary pads. So we are considering skills that are very easy to to do at home with local. So, uh, 
to keep them engaged as we wait for you. When from last year when we started the community that it had it was very helped us to reach this um, through this lockdown, but we had to put it on a pause because we didn't want the staff to expose girls uh, to COVID infection. So we, we have um, been helping us the staff that are sick, helping them get treatment because it's very expensive as well, you know, especially with the, the diet, the fruits, uh, the getting the medication. There is a time when, you know, all the pharmacies had run out of zinc and vitamin D and we had to run around, you know, just to look for um, extra medical supplies. And um, uh, Mama Christina gave me a connection to one of the, the, the pharmacies that supplies uh, Impact Nations, um, you know, um, drugs when they come for the medical camps, and uh, that is how we, we you know, we, we, we reached out and we, they, we found they had more supply, you know, and many orders. But at least we successfully managed to get um, our order uh, delivered for the supplies that we needed. So we don't, for us, really. Um, having girls that are sick and babies um, has has been very very. And the staff as well, uh, and we are giving it at least 17 days uh, are required by the Ministry of Health, and then the extra days uh, just in case of any emergency. So we are giving it a total of 17 days to watch and see how we recover from this. Yeah. Richard, let me ask you, your ministry is uh, kind of split between two different locations. You're in Kampala right now, right? Uh, non, uh, this part is not counted as Kampala, but it's close. It's close to Kampala. Yeah, close. it's effectively a part yeah. of the city, just one of the suburbs. About, uh, about and then the, you've got ministry that you head up in Kalongo, which is several hours mm -hmm. away. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you have a sense of what things are like in Kalonga right now? Yes. Kalonga. Mm, uh, first of all, my dad has been uh, on the health center committee, health center, which is uh, like the medical, the Kalonga Medical Clinic uh, for about um, four to five years. He has been on the committee. And recently, because of the situation that is going on, many people are, are sick there. Uh, the host, uh, that medical center has been full. And then uh, the workers there ended up also getting sick. This actually started before the lockdown. So uh, they didn't know exactly what it was. By the time they discovered that it was COVID, it was uh, already late. Yeah, so actually that's uh, a, a season where also uh, the kids at Hope and Care, all, all of them got sick. All of them got sick, but they recovered. So uh, the people about... Uh, right now, they told me that there is there is about three on three workers at the hospital, and they are not enough. And uh, my dad, uh, they were given another task of trying to sensitize people uh, to mm, keep the SOPs uh, and all that, like to keep mobilizing people to move around the village to make sure that everyone is uh, keeping the maintaining their SOPs. But they were not even given like a, even just a single mask that the, the the medical clinic has no uh how do you how do you call them ppe annabelle huh ppe 
personal protective equipment? Like, uh, they don't have those personal, they don't have personal equipment, uh, protective gears, and they don't have uh, medicine or what they are supposed to use to treat people. They don't have enough. So it's just uh, kind of chaos there. Yeah. Mm. What's happening, uh, you know, we've talked about the illness, we've talked about COVID and, and its effect. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the... Uh, the transportation. Let's talk about food for a second, because Trinity, you you mentioned that businesses have shut down immediately overnight. We saw this last year. Uh, are people already in a very serious situation in terms of food scarcity, guys? I should direct that question to somebody. Sorry, they're all three wondering who is going to talk. Uh, Trinity, why don't you talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing in terms of uh, the economic crisis and where it's at? Yeah, um, it's a very desperate situation uh, in terms of uh, uh, food because we all know that at least uh, you know in Kampala, most people live hand to mouth. Uh, yes, hand to mouth. Uh, and that's what we're seeing today. Uh, the the only reason, the only way we get this data is through our ecosystem. You know, we have over at least six hundred women into our as women ecosystem, and these are women that really communicate with us on a regular basis. And uh, what? Sorry, sorry, one called me. And what we are hearing from them is. Uh, Definitely in, in the next three weeks or one week, they are really running out of food and they can't go to work. And the bad thing is that these people, it's not like they want to beg. It's just that when they go to work right now, their things are stolen, uh, sorry, uh, caught by the police or beaten up. So uh, they're in a dilemma whereby, what should they do? And um, it's, it's really uh, a dire situation whereby they're asking us what to do and we also sometimes we don't know what to do. And uh, so I think that's the situation across Uganda. And even when the government says that they're going to send money to individual people, uh, we all know that this is not going to happen in any time soon. And so it's a dire situation for most especially the refugees, uh, the people in the slums, and those people that live on tomorrow across Uganda. And those are millions of people. Um. I think we're still live. Are we still live? Okay. Sorry. My screen was showing me weird things, but I think we're still good. Yeah. Annabelle, one other effect that we observed last year was a rise in violation of teen, teenage girls. We saw a rise in teenage pregnancy, abuse. I'm assuming this is a concern for you and your team again. Most definitely, yes. Did I lose you? No, I can hear you. Okay. So, I need to give me a signal that it is. Hello? 
say, say again, Annabelle, we're having trouble hearing you. I was asking about the rise in uh, abuse of teenage girls uh, during the lockdown. Can you tell us a little bit about what the situation is or what your concern is based on what you observed last year? So definitely last year we saw a huge increase in the numbers of cases of children that are being sexually abused at home. Uh, police released the report by the end of the year and it was 14,900 girls that had been defiled. And um, unfortunately, more than 50% of these cases were by family members. So we are seeing fathers, uncles kind of down. And uh, then uh, the schools will open again because of the COVID situation. The second wave, um, after the partial lifting of the lockdown, we released the schools to start again and they were taking kids back slowly. Um, reports have come out uh, that have proved that there are many children in schools that had gotten positive, uh, you know, that had become COVID, had got COVID, but the schools were not reporting. So that the president recently, in his address, was very furious, and he's like, you know what? Schools were hiding the cases because they were afraid of being locked down. So <clears throat> now... We are not certain when children are going to be back in school. Really, what this means is that we are going to see a further increase in children dropping out of the education system permanently. They might, many hundreds of Ugandan children may never be able to go back to school. And, uh, uh, you know, because many of them, it's, it's now almost going to be three years and they're in the same class. Uh, Parents are very, very discouraged because every time they have been paying school fees, then there is a lockdown and then they lose all that money. Many parents have lost their sources of income. And this frustration is contributing to a lot of gender-based violence, like domestic violence at home. Families are breaking apart because if fathers are not able to provide for their children or single mothers are struggling to provide for their children, the alternative that remains is that either, um, you know, the children are being forced into early marriages children are being traded for food, children are being traded for money. We have uh, uh, cases that have already come in where parents are like, you know, exchanging their daughters uh, for, 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 for a settlement of a debt, you know. Yeah, um, Annabelle has left. <laughs> but uh, just to add on what she just said, okay, but, uh, is that even even as ninety, uh, most of the most of the students we got back in our in our, in our program this year were students that were their parents told them that they don't have school fees for these kids to go back to school, and so these are kids that just say, okay, this is your alternative that you can get. And uh, we got them through our recruitment programs. And so 100%, um, uh, uh, many, many young people between the age of you know, 11 to 18 will never go back to school. Yeah. And so we've got, well, all three of you guys have programs that you're conducting in your various areas to help provide alternative education uh, for those who have not been able to finish their formal education, whether that's um, high school or, or what have you. Yeah. yeah. Alternative education, but also information to 
help these children to stay safe because when disparate times call for disparate measures. When girl, young, young boys and girls are disparate, You know they are getting into drug abuse, um, you know uh, prostitution. Um, I don't think it's at the time come to Uganda if you have witnessed the uh, trafficked to other countries in in, in the disguise of, of labor. Um, that we have had so many of our children, you know, going out to the UAE and all these other parts of Europe in search for greener pastures, and they have to lie that they are 18 years. They are. to go uh, and, and do all these horrid pirates. They just don't have any other means of survival. So we, we, are, we are doing um, you know, uh, a lot of awareness as well, uh, you know, just on, on social media, on local radio stations, uh, on community uh, radios, what we call it in our language, just to go and, and continue the message of hope, sharing the message of hope, but also talking about child protection and abuse. parents want to lose it because families are unenforced but um spiritual nurturing and all that and not many churches now have the luxury of having you know service online not many pastors especially in the rural areas can conduct an online service they don't even have access to internet in the first place so now getting them to just know it is important to uh do family visits to find a way of doing discipleship and just encouraging people um you know to to stay together for families not yeah uh, Richard, apart. Um, I know that many might. Sorry, Annabelle, you cut out there. All right, uh, Richard, <laughs> you and your wife uh, oversee house churches in the city. How are you guys going to be able to just continue to to minister to them and bring hope and things like that? Do you guys have an idea of? what the next few weeks is going to look like as you pastor those people? Uh, what we've done with the house churches, uh, first of all, because in the city, uh, at least uh, some many people have uh, used smartphones. So we've created uh, WhatsApp groups where we keep communicating to understand uh, situations of different people. And those without, uh, who are not on the platform, we are able to reach them by phone to know wow, what are they going through, uh, to pray for them, to encourage them. Yeah, but now uh, with a motorcycle, we, uh, I can reach to, I can reach to people. Yeah, I can reach to people personally. Yeah. So, I don't know about our listeners. I personally have really wrestled in the last couple of days as I've talked to all three of you guys and learned about the reality, the danger of the situation in Uganda right now. I have at times really wrestled with a feeling of hopelessness, like, oh, this problem is too big. Um, that's true when it comes to us personally. It's too big for us to deal with. It's too big for any one of you guys to deal with, for your organizations to deal with. It's too big for Impact Nations to address, except... It's not too big for God. Uh, we have seen God time and time again throughout 
impact nations history throughout history we have seen god come in power and bring rescue and bring change so we're going to do what we can and we're you know impact nations is working with all three of you guys in different capacities to figure out how we're going to uh, reach your constituents in the in the weeks to come with the basic needs such as healthcare and food and in some cases trying to continue with the training if possible uh, but we also just need to pray uh, and i think this is actually our greatest call right now is to pray for the nation of uganda to intercede uh, like Uganda's life depends on it, uh, to call out, cry out to God for intervention, for rescue, for this situation, to turn back the tide of COVID, to uh, bring rescue to the economy, to bring uh, rescue to these young people who are losing out, an entire generation that's losing out on education, uh, a generation of young women that are at great risk of trafficking or, or domestic abuse, sexual abuse. We need to pray. And so I think we've got a good idea from the last 50 minutes of talking with you guys how we can pray for the nation. Can you tell us specifically, and Trinity, I'll start with you, how can we be praying for you as leaders of a ministry? How can we be praying for your ministry, for your team, for those that you're ministering to? Can you just give us a couple of real specific things on how we can be lifting you personally up in prayer? Um, yes, uh, thank you so much. Uh, the first thing is, you know, protection and help um, because most of us are still going to be operating even in these tough times. We are going to make sure that we are reaching out to the most vulnerable uh, that God has for us to reach out to. Um, uh, the other thing uh, that we are praying for is that uh, uh, provision because uh, most of us we are going to continue uh, running the programs. And uh, we are also going to uh, figure out uh, how to you know, reach out to the people who can't get food, especially in the slums and also in the refugee camps. Uh, you all know that we had started a program to grow food in, in Chaka too. And we want to see these things grow, going on because we believe in the impact that they are going to create in the, in the communities that we serve. So um, ours is, you know, creative ways, uh, wisdom, so that we can find ways to reach out to these most vulnerable people, provision, and on top of that, the health that uh, most of our people, uh, all our people will stay healthy amid these challenges. All right. Thank you. We will absolutely be praying. Uh, Richard, how can we be praying for you and your team? Uh, we need uh, God is leading. Actually, from Pastor Steve's teachings, he, he always talks about the kingdom of God. Uh, I will never forget one day he made the point uh, that Jesus lived heaven now. So that's I, I always remember that statement every time. Jesus lived heaven now. So it took actually some time for me to understand when he was preaching, but I asked and I got to know. So uh, it's really for me, I'm yearning to see the kingdom of God uh, in this particular time. We need to move in the power of God. I believe that we can move and uh, take care of ourselves, but with the power of God that we, we can minister to people and don't get sick and don't get infected and people get healed. Uh, that uh, He said that Jesus uh, 
he lived heaven now. So he was on earth, but he was on he in heaven. So he, that's how he ministered and people got healed. And so that's what I want to say at this time. And most importantly, to for us to be led by the Spirit, because uh, it's because the situation is unpredictable. <laughs> where we go, like everywhere you go, it's scary to pass in the roads where we pass every day. And now to pass there, like you, you can get scared to, to go somewhere because of uh, police everywhere, army guys everywhere, stopping everyone, people are being handcuffed. Is it called handcuffing? So we need to pray to cast out fear in ourselves so that we can move and minister and uh, for the Holy Spirit to lead us to know what to do at which particular time. I mean, at each particular time. Yeah, very good. Thank you, Richard. Annabelle, how can we be praying for you and your, your team and your family? Yeah, um, really, like like Trinity and Richard have mentioned, for, for God to preserve us, um, just to pray preservation on, on our teams, on us as leaders, it is stretching, especially for leaders in this time. You're expected to have solutions. You're expected to think quickly. You are expected to respond quickly. I have struggled up, you know, the last few days with a lot of emotional and mental, you know, stress, um, just with everything that has been going on that has been very fast. Uh, we have girls in care, and some of them have been completely rejected by families and having them sick of COVID, and you're watching every day the rate at which people are dying has been so scary. And, uh, and you know, it can be very overwhelming, and you feel like you are breaking down. And, and unless you have people that are upholding in prayer it is easy to just give up or you know to, to just lose it so to just pray for preservation and for strength for us as leaders to stand in a time as this but i'm also believing god for a revival out of this um in this land team i'm believing god for a revival and a spiritual awakening in uganda i am believing that you know something great is coming out of all this um you know so if as we pray for for that there is a there is the word of god over this nation there is promises of god over this nation there is a hand of god over this nation this whole covid virus should be um uh, instead of cast uh, people running away from God and, and you know, losing it and asking God, where are you when everything is happening? May this be a season where we are being stirred up to seek the face of the Lord and may there be revival. I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to a Deborah generation in this time. I'm looking forward to a, a, a Gideon generation. You know, just young men and women rising up and saying we are taking back um, uh, territory, we are taking victory over this thing and we are claiming this nation. Um, Definitely also for provision, and uh, because it's, I mean, everything is just doubled in prices. Every, it's, it's just annoying. The expenditure that is on the fuel, um, you know, the, 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 everyone that does, even somebody that doesn't have to charge you twice, they just find reason to charge you twice because they, they can just use the COVID as an excuse. And it's not right. So just for, for, for that, um, uh, to, that's supposed to that God will give us wisdom and uh, supernatural provision, really, and lots of miracles um, to happen. I am believing God for miracles, yes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, 
to our listeners, to the Impact Nation's family, I I implore you, please pray with us. Uh, I should say, by the way, we, we gather as an Impact Nation's family to pray together on Tuesdays uh, on Zoom. And we've got people from around the world who join together to pray for our partners. And Richard, Trinity, Annabelle, I can tell you we spent a time of intense prayer for the three of you, for your families, for your teams, for your nation just yesterday. And we will continue to do that. Uh, if you're listening to this and you'd like to join us in prayer on Tuesdays, uh, that that would be Tuesday afternoon, mountain time here in Albuquerque. It's Wednesday morning in Australia. Uh, please come join us. Uh, you can write me directly at tim at impactnations.com and I can get you the details on that. We need to pray for these guys. They also need provision. You heard Annabelle just a moment ago talk about inflation and prices. The, uh, you know, I've been working with these guys on trying to figure out how we're going to feed people in this season. And it's really interesting to see the numbers coming back. And Trinity knows I was giving him a hard time about it yesterday, poor guy. Uh, but the, the numbers coming back in terms of budgets, in terms of the cost of food, are I, I'm seeing stuff that's more than double what it was a year ago when we were doing this. And so the need is very, very real, but in a sense, it's it's going to be twice as expensive to do it this year as it was last. So if you'd like to help us, if you'd like to stand with us and, and help provide food for the starving in Uganda, you can just head to impactnations.com slash feeding and give to our COVID feeding program there. And within days, that money will be food on the table for a family in Uganda. Uh, and by the way, a hundred percent of those funds go directly to feeding the poor. So we don't. There's nothing withheld here for management or credit card processing or anything like that. It just goes a hundred percent into uh, into food for the poor. Uh, my friends, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for taking the time to tell us about what's really going on there. Um, we, as an Impact Nations family, are pledging to stand with you to pray for you. Uh, and hopefully we'll get an update from you again in a few weeks and just learn what's happening and, and hear about some of the wisdom that is being poured out for you guys because that's one of the things we're going to be praying for. I, I heard all three of you asking for wisdom, for creativity uh, as you lead your teams, as you make decisions on how to reach people in this very, very difficult, complicated time. Uh, so we're really anticipating great things from God in this season. So. Uh, Thank you guys so much. Is there any last thing you, any of the three of you guys wanted to say before we go? I want to say that we are very thankful. I am very thankful for the Impact Nations family. Um, thank you for caring beyond just projects. Thank you so much for having a heart and um, like truly loving and caring for us. I I just want to thank God for you. We thank God that there is a family that we belong to and where we can just be us and be vulnerable and, and know that we have a support system. Thank you. Yeah. We are family. Annabelle has thank said you it. so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's a blessing to have you. Well, we're blessed by you guys. The feeling is mutual, right? <laughs> Let me pray for you real quick before we sign off. 
Heavenly Father, I ask that you would come in your mercy. Just come in your comfort. Prince of Peace, come and bring that peace that surpasses all understanding. Holy Spirit, come and empower these three amazing leaders. Empower them to accomplish more than they ever have before in their ministries and in their nation. Lord, we ask that you'd bring them the creativity to see past the current problems, but to see the solution. Uh, Lord, give them prophetic vision for what you were looking to accomplish in Uganda right now. Lord, I love that prayer of Annabelle's that this will be a time of revival, in fact. Lord, we look and we see a desperate situation. We look and we see uh, catastrophe coming from every side. And yet, Lord, you see opportunity. You see your kingdom coming in power. And so we ask that you'd give each of these guys prophetic vision for what it looks like when your kingdom comes and brings rescue, brings change to the nation of Uganda. Lord, sustain them for the days and weeks to come. Just empower them day after day after day with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you, we worship you, we praise you for all that you're doing in our midst. We ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.